Welcome everybody, this is Benny's with Benny, coming to you from the Ring of Fire, the also evergreen state, home to Bigfoot, rain, and great wine, Washington. How you folks doing? Thank you for tuning in to my episode this week, I really appreciate it. We have a, a fun and hopefully close to heart topic for a lot of you out there, pets, specifically cats versus dogs. Not a, we're not going to be putting up a cat versus a dog in any kind of fight or whatnot. No animals will be harmed in the making of this podcast. I can promise you that. But uh, I just wanted to kind of walk you through some of the benefits that I see in having a pet at home and having a, you know that, that loyal companion, whether it is a cat or a dog, and some of the differences between the two. Um, share some staggering facts here that you know occur with the holidays coming up. A lot of parents out there or you know family members are debating whether to buy their significant other or their kid, you know, a companion and more often than not they overlook the actual responsibility that comes with it so i just want to kind of go through offer my two cents about the two top you know the the two main types of pets that are only in the united states and as well as you know some others i myself own a bearded dragon as a pet on top of the dog that i have and i love him to death his name is spike he's about a year old and he's very very feisty for a bearded dragon but we love him for it um, i also own a, a dog named rambo who is a doberman german shepherd mix he is about three years old and he was a rescue and I, you know, my family and I were the ones who helped really rehabilitate him and bring him back into, you know, the community and help him interact with other dogs without being scared and whatnot. So I hold, uh, I hold animals close to heart. I've always loved animals. Shout out to Steve Irvin, may, Steve Irvin, may rest in peace. That was an L. Uh, may he rest in peace. That man uh, changed my life for sure regarding how I saw animals and what I thought about him. So... I first want to just touch on some points here before we get into, you know, the differences between cats and dogs and what kind of people they would be suited for is just just to, to, to speak to people out there who are kind of on the fence about getting, you know, a, a companion, you know, whether it be a cat or a dog or a fish or whatever it may be. Um, you know, there, there's been studies out there that genuinely owning a pet helps better our lives. You know, I don't want to sit here and spend half an hour talking to you about all the benefits of owning a pet. I, I want to kind of, you know, run through the two differences between between dogs and cats, but I, I will certainly touch on a very high level here and just kind of touch base with, uh, you know, some of the benefits that I think really stood out f from the others and, and some that I can identify with personally. So, you know, one of the reasons why I've always preferred dogs over cats, and not to say that cats don't do this, but I just love the, the energy a dog brings, which brings me to my first point of why I like having a pet in general. Um, you know, there's nothing more I enjoy than when I come home from work and I walk through my front door and my dog Rambo runs up to me and is all excited and he's shaking his tail like he hasn't seen me in 10 years and I just feel loved and appreciated when I come home. So, you know, they definitely having a companion obviously doesn't make you lonely and makes you feel loved. So if you're somebody out there who, you know, doesn't have a lot of friends, isn't really close to their family and you're really like looking for that outlet of, of energy or outlet of something to dedicate your time to, you know, a cat or a dog or a fish or whatever might be right for you just because it'll kind of give you that appreciation when you come home that it, that it makes you feel loved and appreciated. Um, it's also probably because I feed him, but you know, <laughs> uh, he's, he's really excited to see me nonetheless. Um, the second point here that, you know, then this is the scientific aspect of it. I, I don't really want to want to get into it too much, but there has been studies out there that owning a pet does significantly lower your stress levels, specifically your blood pressure and your cholesterol. Um, the cholesterol is more due to the exercise, you know, with owning an animal. Hopefully you're taking your dogs on walks and playing with your cats if you have any, um, you know, but, but it does actually help lower your, your stress level. There has been studies out there that show that simply petting a dog, you know, or a cat or, or whatever, interacting with them does help lower your, your blood pressure. It helps you feel more calm and relaxed and all in all just 
at ease more than if you weren't doing that. So another benefit of having a pet just in general is it can help you, you know, in internal health wise. Um, if you're somebody who stresses out a lot, like I am, um, you know, it does help when I sit down with my dog and he comes up to me and just plops his head on my, on my leg and I just start petting him. And honestly, I just forget about what I was even thinking about when he came over because I'm focused on my dog. Um, you know, another good thing to that, that pets do here for us is there's a real sense of community with people who love dogs, love cats, love animals in general. You know, I've never had a bad experience with somebody walking up to my dog and going, oh, can I pet him? You know, and then doing something negative towards my dog. I've always had it be a good one. And, and I love when people approach me and, you know, approach my dog just because he was a rescue. And, you know, my family and I really helped rehabilitate him, like I like I was saying. Um, you know, for him to get to see that there are people out there that appreciate, you know, animals as much as I do and, and him as much as I do. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Now, cats are a little bit different. You know, cats don't really walk up to people like dogs do and aren't really meant to be walked like dogs are. And, you know, we'll get to this here in the latter half of the podcast with some of the differences. If, if you're considering getting one for a pet, um, you know, just some that I've seen and from the cats that I've known have, have been about it, but um, so, you know, the third point there for, for having a pet is that sense of community and that sense of having something in common with people. Uh, you know, when you go outside, when I take my dog out on walks, when people approach me, ask what breed he is, how long have I have him, how old is he, you know, all of that. It's, it's really fun to just kind of share that aspect of my life with a stranger who also appreciates canines as much as I do. Um, so that's great as well. And then number four here, one that, that, that was really big, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I, I know that a lot of you are probably contemplating getting a, you know, a, a, an animal as a pet um, here for the holidays is the responsibility behind owning a pet. Um, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, I remember the, the first dog that my dad bought me, I was still using my binky. I was, I was one of those late kids who kept his binky around. I think I was three, four years old by the time I got rid of my binky, which was really, really late. Um, and my dad came up to me and he goes, Ben, what do I need to do for you to get you, you know, to throw away that binky? And I told my dad, I want a dog. And he goes, if you throw away that binky right now, we will go get you a dog. So lo and behold, I went there and I threw away my binky immediately because I've wanted a dog. And we went to the animal shelter and we rescued a dog. It was a Belgian shepherd and I named him Max. And he was, I think he was four or five months old when we brought him home. So he had some size to him, but you know, he was still a pup. And, you know, my entire life, I've grown up around powerful dog breeds. I had, you know, we had a Pekingese and then we had the, uh, the Belgium Shepherd that, that, you know, we brought home Max. Uh, after that, we had a German Shepherd by the name of Luke's, uh, when we were living in, you know, in Bosnia and Europe. And then I came here back to the States and we had a Minpin, which believe it or not, had the most, uh, Rocky, his name was, uh, had the most spirit <laughs> out of any dog that I've owned and the most character. And we loved him for it. And now we have Rambo, um, you know, so I, I've seen dogs from, you know, that, that stage of a puppy to, you know, when a dog passes away and it is, it is a hard thing, but it does teach you that sense of responsibility that you have something relying on you essentially to survive. Um, you know, and, and that, that sense that you're responsible for something really helps mature you, you know, as a kid, when I, when we brought Max home, that, that Belgium shepherd, um, you know, my dad was like, Ben, like, we'll buy the food, we'll do this, but like, you have to take him around walks in the neighborhood. You have to, you know, take care of him. And mind you, I was four, <laughs> you know, so I was a young kid, but my sister and I took it upon us to really, you know, play with the dog a lot make sure that he used that energy that those powerful dog breeds have and, you know, make sure to socialize him with the neighborhood so that he would be, be better and just interacting with people in general. So, you know, those are my quick, quick, quick four points of why I think it's really good to, to own a pet. You know, they don't make you feel lonely. They make you feel like you have a companion forever. And, and dogs, I can speak to dogs because I've grown up with them mostly. They're loyal companions, you know, 
10 out of 10 times you do you, you treat a dog right and that dog will give its life for you um you know they scientifically help lower stress levels uh the sense of community with them there is, is outstanding especially up here in the pacific northwest um you know and number four the responsibility aspect of it so now that i kind of give you a, a tidbit of um you know why i think it's beneficial to own a pet I kind of want to get into the differences here between cats and dogs because those two are the most those two are the most popular types of pets in the United States. Um, you know, both dogs and cats every year get adopted. You know, by the millions. Honestly, um, what's even more staggering though is how many of them get sent back to the shelters or abandoned, and, and we'll get into that here a little bit later. But some facts I just want to share with you. Um, so, for instance, the, the the debate between cats versus dogs been going on forever i don't want to say it's been going on for as long as dogs and cats have been domesticated but probably there has been a preference between the two for many reasons you know there are dog owners and there are cat owners and there are a mixture of the two but i personally think that there are people who prefer one over the other you know deep down um but for instance you know if you're looking to adopt a cat you need to be aware of the life expectancy if, if you know obviously if you're feeding on a regular basis taking care of the cat um, you know, and it's an indoor cat, a domesticated one. The life expectancy is anywhere from 12 to 25 years. Um, now, when I say 25 years, I'm not saying that's a common thing. That's a one-off if they live that old. But, you know, they can, which is my point. So make sure that you're aware of the, the time commit commitment that comes there. And then uh, the life expectancy for dogs is on the lower side. But, uh, you know, dogs are more energetic, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But dogs are expected to live anywhere from, you know, 7 to 12, 13, 14 years, um, you know, which is... A long time if you think about it but uh you know these things aren't things that you pick up enjoy for a year and then let go these are you know companions that you're bringing home and hopefully they get to spend their lives with you in a well way um you know because i'm pretty sure both animals will give you the love and attention that you crave back uh, as long as you do for them now random fun fact that i read which was uh read uh you know about cats and dogs because that debate between which one is better is, is always been interesting to me um, the speed so dogs are faster than cats. I hate to break it to you people, but they are dogs can run anywhere from 20 to 45 miles an hour and you know the 45 miles an hour again was outliers of you know hounds that run and whatnot but cats typically on average can run up to you know 20 to 30 miles an hour at 30 at the high end so dogs are faster. Um, there are scientific studies as well behind that dogs are more intelligent that dogs have a, um, a wider array, array of communication with humans. We have uh, also found scientific studies where cats only meow towards humans. They don't meow outside of, of, you know, interacting with humans. And that is specifically to ask for attention, food, and all this. But dogs use their bodies physically as well uh, to get, you know, what they want. For instance, uh, a fact that's mind-blowing for me is if you have a dog at home, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, hopefully a lot of you do that are listening into me, when you walk into the house, if he brings you a toy, that doesn't necessarily mean that the dog wants to play with you. What that means is that the dog is bringing you something that is pleasurable for him and exciting for him. And he's happy to have you or he or she are happy to have you home. So they bring you that toy to share that excitement with you so you can have it and, uh, you know, enjoy it like they do. Which blows my mind when you think about it. You know, they're pack animals who, who use these physical gestures to show that excitement, you know. Uh, so it's just a fun fact there. But let's see. So... Uh, you know, if you want to get down to the, the scientific part of it, which is really interesting if you really, really look at it, dogs have been domesticated and, you know, science doesn't have an exact number due to, you know, the, the various mutations of dogs and what's been going on. But, uh, you know, they've been domesticated anywhere from 15 to 30,000 years ago. That is insane, folks. 
15 to 30,000 years ago, humans have been interacting with dogs. That is crazy. Now, cats, on the other hand, are um, a lot less, not a lot, but domesticated, you know, were domesticated a, a, a lot later. Um, cats have only been domesticated and from, again, what, you know, scientists believe anywhere from seven to 9,000 years. So dogs definitely have been around humans a lot more than cats. So if anything, at least humans have preferred dogs before they preferred cats. And there, there's a lot of science on it, but I'm biased towards dogs because I love them. I love cats too. I don't hate cats. I've just always grown up around dogs. Um, but we'll get into the specific differences between the two actual pets here. Um, you know, which one fits with what kind of person and, and all this. Um, so to go into it here, you know, those were just some, some random fun facts about cats and dogs. You know, like I said, which are the two most common pets in the United States and, you know, the two most common gifted pets actually for, for the holiday season. Um, you know, please make sure that you understand when you're bringing, you know, a pet home that this pet is there for its life, not just for the holiday season, not just for six months, not just for while it's a puppy, but when it gets, you know, older as well. Which brings me to my next point. Cats are definitely pets for people who do not have a lot of time on their hands. Um, people who, you know, for instance, even in my case, if I was to adopt a dog now, it would be a lot harder to train him due to my time constraints with work and, you know, my other outside acti activities, I'm, I'm engaged. I have a fiance, we're planning a wedding and all this often, you know, my time is allocated elsewhere. I still look, you know, to, to make sure that I walk my dog on a daily basis, obviously feed him and play with him when I can. But I did, you know, steps early on when I had more time to really train him to make sure that he behaves the way he does now. Um, you know, whereas cats, no matter how much you interact with the cat, cats aren't really trainable to do something as, as good as dogs are. And at the end of the day, you know, if you have a cat, you know, that weighs 15, 20 pounds at home, they're most, most likely not going to be able to do as much damage as a dog who is full of energy wanting to run and weighs 90 pounds. You know, it's just makes common sense to make sure that if you have a sedentary lifestyle, you're not, you know, outgoing, you don't have the time to, you know, commit to a dog, to, to training that dog and making sure that that dog is, is well trained and behaved, um, you know, go with the cat. Cats are, you know, better pets in that sense. Number one reason there, cats are a lot more easy to uh, potty train. Cats, uh, you know, you buy the litter box and you place it inside the house and cats go there and do their business. You clean the litter box and you're good to go. You know, of course, they'll have accidents every now and then. But with dogs, dogs are more so go when they need to unless you train them to, <laughs> to stand by the door or scratch at the door when they need to be let outside. And uh, I've done it with my dog. Uh, you know, my dog is very well trained when he needs to use the restroom. He stands up, goes by the backyard door, stands there. If we're not paying attention, he'll whine once and we'll get up and let him out. And uh, another thing that, that's interesting both with cats and dogs is they're very time-oriented, you know, beings. They, they, they do things on a timely basis. For instance, my dog goes to the bathroom at 5.30 in the morning, every morning. Every morning, he it's like clockwork. He stands by the door. Nobody's up. He'll whine. Somebody will get up. I, I get up for work. I'm usually up in time. We'll go downstairs and we'll let him out and to do his business. Cats are the same way. If you notice your cat, they're more than likely going to be using the you know the the, the bathroom more so, uh, you know, on a timely manner than, than not. So, like I said here, if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of time on your hands, but you know, and are, are looking for a companion, or, or you know that you know the companion you're getting is going to be given to you know a kid you might want to lean towards a cat just because, you know, a kid won't have that knowledge and the ability to train a dog very well. If, you know, my parents weren't around when we had those, you know, powerful breeds when I was a kid, things might've ended differently, but you know, my parents took time to make sure that they were trained correctly. 
And that segue there for, for you know, the, 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 the time on the hand, I want to go into what I mean by training and behavior. So a lot of people think that a well-behaved dog is a well-trained dog. And you can have a dog who behaves terribly but is trained well, and a dog who behaves really well but isn't trained at all. Now, that sounds confusing, but first things first, cats can't really be taught to do a lot of things. And it's not that they can't be taught, it's just they don't want to. Cats are savages. Like, cats are by far the boss pet. When you bring a cat home, that cat does not care what's going on. That cat will give you attention when it wants to, not when you want it, which is mind-blowing for me. And I've always loved the attitude that a cat brings to a house because it's like, I'll give you my time when I want to. And then when I'm done with you, like, I'm just going to walk away, <laughs> which is amazing. It blows my mind all the time. But, you know, there are those outliers like those cats that will come up to you and spend that time with you. But now going back to dogs, I said earlier that a well-trained dog doesn't necessarily mean that dog is going to be well-behaved and vice versa. What I mean by that is dogs require a lot of time for one and they require a lot of repetition. Um, but they do have the ability to be trained to behave a certain way. Um, you know, you can have a dog who knows to sit when you tell it to sit. But as soon as you turn around, it gets up and moves. You know, and the same thing goes with the command. If you tell a dog to stay and you turn around, the dog will get up and move. That's because they're pack animals and they behave based on whether or not the alpha or the person in charge is looking at them and, you know, controlling what they're doing. Now, my dog is well-behaved and well-trained. When I tell Rambo to sit, I can turn around and leave the room and come back in that room and he will stay seated there. Uh, you know, it took time to get him there, obviously, but he is there. You know, when I tell Rambo to stop begging for food and, you know, tell him to go on his, his dog bed... He will go on his dog bed and he will sit there. He will complain every now and then. That's because I've gotten a little lax with him as, as he's gotten older. But he knows not to get up off that bed and come bother me. And he's not necessarily bothering me. I just want him to know that, you know, when I'm eating, I don't want him disturbing guests and people that come over. Even though, like I said, you know, sense of community, everybody that comes over tells me not to do that to Rambo. They tell him, oh, he's fine. Just leave him alone. He's, he's good to be around us, which is great. You know, we love that. So, you know, like I said, if you're looking for an animal that you can teach to do things and actually like dedicate some time to, um, you know, the, the, the dog would be the way to go there. The, the cat can't really be taught to do a lot of things, but you know, if you don't have the time to, to teach it to behave well, the cat is the way to go because you won't have to worry about a 90 or a hundred pound mess on your hand. Um, and another interesting thing I just want to touch on is selecting what kind of dog or cat to adopt. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure with with cats, I do know that some breeds are, are more aggressive than others. And, and you know, um, essentially, though, cats are all going to behave the same way. Um, some cats are more social than others. Some cats are more aggressive than others. Um, but they don't really have outlets like dogs do. You know, some dogs and it's just it just has to do with the way they were domesticated. You know, when when we started domesticating dogs, we started domesticating them for, for purposes you know, that's why German Shepherds make great police dogs, because they were bred to do that, to listen to humans, to use their sense of smell and, and you know, their, their loyalty to protect people out on the battlefield or wherever it may have been. Um, you know, so be very selective about the type of, of dog or cat that you are selecting. And, you know, when you make a choice, if you are making a choice, make sure that you really read up on that breed. One that surprised me and my family, you heard me talk about the men pin I had, Rocky. When we brought him home, we were like, oh, you know, he has a lot of personality. Everybody always said it. Min Pins are, are a giant dog in a small dog's body. And we didn't really see that up until about two or three years into his lifespan. Um, at which point he really started displaying that, you know, that sense of I want to be in charge. I want to be the, the, the big boy of the house. Um, you know, which if we were treating him correctly, you know, training him correctly as a, as a younger pup. He would never have gotten to that point, but we were able to, to correct him for, you know, the remainder of his life there while, while he was with us. 
um, you know, uh, until his passing. So, uh, you, you can certainly teach a dog, you know, to behave a certain way and, and be aware of the dog that you're bringing home. You know, Rottweilers, for instance, Rot- Rottweilers are very popular pets. Pit bulls, pit bulls are really popular pets. German Shepherds, German Shepherds make great family dogs. They are number three, I believe, in the United States of considered most dangerous dog breed, but that is because what that dog is meant to do is protect your family. And when it's a part of your family, it will do things to protect it. So you can't hate a dog for being instinctual if you didn't train it to behave correctly. Um, you know, so you want to make sure that that dog is behaved well and trained well. Um, you know, a trained dog, like I said, is not a well-behaved dog and a well-behaved dog is not a well-trained dog. You know, they're just, they could be more social, less social, whatever, a whole bunch of factors, but I might have an episode on just, you know, training a dog and, and getting a dog to listen to and all that. Cause I, I do love animals and dogs a lot, which I've said a lot, but you know, so, so going back to it, make sure that you do research into the breed that you are looking to adopt. Um, that I cannot stress that enough. In my life, I have always had powerful dog breeds. You know, I mentioned a few of those Rottweilers, Pit Bulls, German Shepherds that people tend to adopt, not really realizing what they're bringing home. If you want a big family dog that is friendly and just inherently more social and and people going, bring home a Golden Retriever, bring home a Labrador. You know, that's what they're for. That's not what they're for, but that's what they were bred to do. You know, be around family, be protective and be around people. Rottweilers require a lot of exercise. Pit bulls require a lot of exercise. German shepherds require a lot of exercise. This is where that whole time thing comes in. Make sure that you genuinely have the commitment for this animal when you bring it home, whether it's a cat or a dog. Um, you know, like I said, the difference here, the outlets uh, of, of energy depend on the breed and what you're doing, but you can always buy a cat tree for a cat, a scratching toy for it or whatnot, and a cat is occupied you know, it'll spend time doing what it wants to on those things, but a dog will find outlets to release the energy that it has. Um, so I kind of told you, you know, the, the time sense of it, you know, to do some research into what kind of breed you're bringing home and, and what exactly you're looking for in that companion, um, which brings me to, the, to, to my next point. Make sure that you're aware of what kind of person you are, um, you yourself. For instance, I'm a pretty active individual. I like to move around. I like to go on hikes. I like to go outside. You know, obviously when the weather permits up here in the Pacific Northwest, but a dog is the right kind of companion for me because I love putting Rambo in the back of my car and going for a hike, you know, going out on a trail and just letting him run and explore and use some of that energy. You know, just last weekend we went on a five-mile walk, which honestly I would never do alone, but I was like, oh, we haven't gone in a walk-walk in a really long time. Usually I just take him around the blocks a few times. Um, you know, and I was like, let's go on a walk, walk. And I think he was more exhausted than I was when we came home, but you know, be aware of what kind of person you are. If you like to come home after work and just, you know, plop on the couch, have have a glass of wine or two or three or whatever, and watch TV, then the cat is probably the right way to go. Cause the dog is going to have a lot more energy. And if you don't find an outlet for that energy, that's where the problems start folks. That's where people start turning in the dogs that they have. And, you know, that's where we see sheltered animals because people aren't aware of what they're bringing home and what they're getting themselves into. So make sure you're aware of that. Um, so like I said, make sure that, you know, you, you know what you like to spend your time doing and what you're looking to do, you know, with this animal. And then my last point here to, to really consider before I go into some of the, the, the batter side of adoption and, and bringing, you know, animals and pets home as gifts. My, my last fact is be aware of who is asking you for this and where, you live, if that makes sense, where you are situated, you do not want to own, you know, a St. Bernard if you live in an apartment 
And I'm not saying that in a bad way. You certainly can. It certainly is able. But, you know, that's why a lot of these these apartment complexes have restrictions on breeds because these are powerful dog breeds that require a lot of space and energy so they don't, you know, unleash their 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 temperaments in a in a seven, six, you know, six, seven, eight hundred square foot apartment. So be be really realistic about, you know, who is asking for the dog and where that person is, where, where you know, where you're located if it's coming home with you. Because the last thing, you know, you, you would want to do even as, as a human being is spend time, you know, clamped in a space that is too small for you. And, and especially not having any ability to outleash that energy, you know, that you have, whether you're a, you're a dog or a cat. So if you live in a smaller property, you know, in an apartment, a cat might be the best way to go. Um, or, you know, a smaller dog breed. And again, do your research before you bring one home. But, you know, a smaller dog breed that doesn't have that much energy, that doesn't require that much walking, um, you know, might be the way to go. Whereas if you have a ranch and you want... You know, you want to see that dog running out there and you, you know, whatever you may, you have a mole problem or something, get a bigger dog, you know, give them that space to run and enjoy. But always remember when you let a dog off a leash that they know to come back to the leash they were let off of. You know, what I mean by that is, you know, train them what to do in that space and, you know, make sure that they behave right in that space. Um, so now I just want to touch on some things that a lot of people tend to overlook. Um, you know, I, I hope you guys have gotten the sense here listening to this podcast that, Pets are a good thing, and I encourage everybody to have a pet, whether it is a cat, a dog, a fish, a lizard, a snake, a bird, a, a rabbit, I don't know, but make sure that you take care of that pet when you bring it home and you're aware of what you're doing to that animal. You're essentially changing its life for the better, and make sure that the the life that the companion you bring home does have is for the better. Um, you know, a, a sad thing to realize is that around 6.5 million animals end up in sh- in shelters each year. And the number one reason is people can't take care of them anymore, which is, you know, what this podcast has been about. Make sure you are aware of what you're bringing home and, and you understand what exactly you're going to be doing with that animal when you do, um, which is so sad. You know, out of that 6.5, it's a pretty even split with about 3.3 million being dogs and 3.2 million being cats. And believe it or not, the reason people return cats to shelters is because of their uh, aggressiveness, you know. Um, cats aren't inherently aggressive, but they do not like to be annoyed and oftentimes will lash out. So oftentimes we see people who will buy cats, you know, or kitties for uh, a child when a child wants one, they take it home. And then once that cat is full grown and the kid is, you know, gone from, from three to six or three to seven, the cat becomes a, a lot more territorial, can become a lot more aggressive, doesn't inherently stand for that whole grabbing thing like it did when it was a kitty. So that's why we see those bringing back. The dogs are the same way too. Um, you know, a lot of people return dogs like I said, because they don't know what they're getting into. They didn't know what they were bringing home. They don't have the time to train it. They think it's a dog's fault when a dog lashes out at its owner, at somebody else. And people, these are animals that you can train to behave a certain way. And these are animals that can behave a certain way if you train it well. Um, you know, but the behavior does have to be instilled so that it's aside from the training. You know, you, you really have to make sure that this animal does behave that way away from your training. And like I said, we might have an episode where I just talk about, you know, training a dog. Uh, you know, training a dog and growing up with a dog and all that. Uh, so like I said, you know, it, it's a sad fact when when 6.5 million animals end up back in shelters. I mean, think about that if it was, you know, and I, I don't want to get into it, but, you know, human lives, if, if 6.5 million people, and I don't know, maybe maybe that uh, a higher amount do, but, you know, it, it's sad when you have 6.5 million creatures that lives change for the better get returned back to a shelter because their owners are sick of them, you know, which is mind-blowing, makes you feel so terrible. And out of that, you know, around 1.5 million of those animals will get euthanized. That means put under or, uh, you know, uh, killed. Uh, so it's not not 
something that you do, uh, you know, adopting an animal is or bringing buying one is not something you do spur of the moment. Think about this. Devote some time to it. Make sure that you really understand what you're getting yourself into, what kind of breed you're bringing home, what kind of space you live in, what kind of temperament you have, whatever it may be, what kind of people you hang around. Um, on a good note, though, around 3.3 million uh, animals do get adopted each year, which is great. And again, a fairly split, fairly split down the middle here between dogs and cats. Again, about 50% of that number is, is dogs, slightly more popular than cats. Uh, and, and I think that's just because a lot more people are, are, are looking for that long-time companion. And I, I just think Hollywood has also made dogs a lot more popular than cats, um, which I'm not saying is, is right or wrong, but I do have a bias towards dogs. <laughs> so I love dogs. Um, I love cats too, but we've grown up with dogs. So I want to see where you guys land. Um, you know, I, I really want to make sure that you guys understand where I was coming from with this episode in the sense of, of if you are looking, you know, Black Friday is, is coming up next week. Christmas, New Year's is in about a month. Make sure that if you are getting your, your, your loved one, whether it's your, your, your child or your spouse or your friend or your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may, you know, whatever, whoever it may be, that you are aware of what you're doing and you're aware that you're bringing home a life, almost a lifetime companion for the lifetime of the companion, hopefully home and you understand what, what, what you're getting yourself into. So hopefully that, that animal doesn't have to go back to where it came from, you know, the shelter. And there's nothing wrong with, with, with sending an animal back to the shelter. If it's really, if you're unable to, or if, you know, something in life does happen, but I urge you, you know, try to do your best to change this life's animal for the, you know, for the better. Um, so what I want to do this week on my Instagram page, I will be posting, um, a picture of a cat and a dog every week, uh, every day for this coming week, sorry, up until Friday. And on next week's episode for my podcast, I will reveal where my fans or followers land on the spectrum of cat versus dogs. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to hear which one of the two you prefer, cats or dogs, and whether or not what I've been saying in this podcast here makes any sense for you. And let me know if you, you, you like the idea here of, of going into kind of the, the training of a, of a dog and, and whatnot. So uh, God bless you folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a happy holidays. Be safe and uh, you'll hear from me next week. Thank you so much for tuning in and take care.